the days of internet banking, we used to go into the local bank branch. And there we'd have given documents across the counter from the teller. And I remember the teller giving me a document to sign and the, the signature came directly under a line which said, I've read the above clauses and agree to them. And the details, well, the details went on for a page or so. So I stood there at the counter, started reading through what it was that I was saying I had read and agreed to. And the teller on the other side had said, uh, what are you doing? And I said, I'm reading the signs, I'm reading the details. And she said, why are you doing that? And I said, well, because I've got to sign that I've read them and agree to them. Well, she said, you don't have to do that, just sign it like everybody else. And of course, nobody reads all those details, you just sign them. It's Well, today it's the same with an agreement on a website, isn't it? The, the long, complicated details of privacy and the, the conditions under which the company is going to... Who bothers reading them? You just say, yes. Well, I want to talk to you today about a very short, straightforward agreement that most Australians commit to without ever reading the small print, without ever reading the big print, without actually understanding what we're saying. Welcome to this podcast from Two Ways Ministries. I'm Philip Jensen. We've just passed our annual Anzac Day for for our overseas listeners. It's the day that marks our first great battle in the First World War, when we pay our respects each year to all who have served in our many wars and that our nation and our military have served in. And so we, we remember those who have lived and even died for our freedoms and for our nation. And on this day, there's an oft-repeated ode which finishes with, we will remember them, to which everybody replies, lest we forget. Forgetting is a terrible mistake. We must remember. Remembrance is very important. I mean, you find it in the Bible. Uh, Moses just after leading the people across the wilderness, having led them out of Egypt, gave a farewell speech before they entered into the Promised Land. And you find it in the book of Deuteronomy. In all kinds of verses in Deuteronomy, Moses tells the people to remember, to remember. Chapter 5, You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Chapter 7, you shall not be afraid of your opponents, but you shall remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. And chapter 8, and you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. And again in chapter 8, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Uh, That word covenant is such a key element to this idea of remembering. The word covenant means a contract. God made a contract with his people. And if you make contracts, then you need to remember the contracts, don't you? It's like marriage. Weddings, weddings are not a party and a feast. They're not presents and 
a dress that you'll never wear again. Weddings are a contract. They're a covenant. Ah, that's a good reason for having a party and having a feast and even getting dressed up. But the important part of the wedding is not the, the celebrations. The important part of the wedding is the contract. You're promising what you will do in the future for each other's and how you're going to live for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and health, until death do you part, how you're going to live with each other. Sadly, though, today, people don't mean what they say. Oh, not just the politicians, people in general, our society. They don't mean what they promise. Indeed, our governments have now told us that the contract of the wedding doesn't mean anything really it's an irrelevance marriage counselors don't don't take us back to our promises that's not any part of the relevance of a marriage today outside of christians who believe what they say and indeed people these days are writing their own wedding vows almost absent of any promise some of them they're just kind of romantic love songs they want to say to each other in front of everybody to embarrass all people involved but the civilised part of modern Australia has been built on the concept of contracts and promises that we must remember. And while we plan for the future, as we should, and while we live in the present, as we must, we must also remember the past upon which we are built. And that's what Anzac Day does for us each year, as other nations have other days, Remembrance Day and the like. When the nation stops and remembers, and like most Australians, I've learned to say the words as a child, lest we forget. And I repeat them annually with the great solemnity, lest we forget. But sadly, with not much thought about what it means. I mean, what does it mean, lest we forget? Forget what? What will happen if we forget? Why lest we forget? I checked my dictionary in case I hadn't understood the word lest properly. My dictionary said that lest meant with the intention of preventing something undesirable or to avoid the risk of something or because of the possibility of something undesirable happening or just in case, lest we forget. Lest what's going to happen? I mean, I was right, that's what I thought the word meant, but I can't understand what it meant in the phrase, lest we forget. What does it mean to say, lest we forget? What's the danger we're wishing to prevent by remembering? What are we remembering to avoid something undesirable happening. <laughs> See, one of the problems of our age is the overthrow of meaningful language in favour of propaganda or manipulation by the powerful or just the emotional response of the moment. It, Anzac Day is very emotional. The emotions of the phrase, lest we forget, are quite great. But what's it meaning? You see, without God standing behind words, the Enlightenment atheism has given way to postmodern meaninglessness. Words don't mean anything anymore. 
They're just what powerful people use to manipulate other people. But we Christians actually believe words do mean things because our God is the word. So here we feel the weight and solemnity, the importance, the significance of these words, lest we forget. We feel it, but we have no real idea what they mean or why we should be saying them. I mean, do you know? Can you answer what, what it is that we mustn't forget or why we say lest we forget? I mean, ponder with me for a few moments here. What do you mean when you say them? The context is remembering the many men and women who sacrificed their lives for our nation. We shouldn't forget them. But we could, we could say, let's not forget. But it's not, let's not forget. It's, lest we forget. The educated amongst us know it comes from Rudyard Kipling's poem called The Recessional. For this poem, which was very popular at the time of the First World War, repeats the little phrase, lest we forget, at the end of four of its stanzas. Lest we forget, lest we forget. But what does Kipling's poem mean? What was it about? I consulted the Australian Government's Department of Veteran Affairs this year to try and find out what they thought it meant. And their website says the phrase comes from the poem, honouring the sacrifices of those who have served and died, an expression of mourning for the fallen rather than a general expression of thanks. That's what they say it means, but as I read their articles on the meaning of this phrase, I found they didn't understand the word lest either. They said the phrase lest we forget means it should not be forgotten. Well, that's a funny way of saying it, and it's not actually what the word lest means. What's the danger that we are going to face if we do forget? I'm sure the sacrifice of lives should not be forgotten. But that's not actually what the words mean. And that's not what Kipling meant by the words either. And the Department of Veterans Affairs is just making up what they want to mean and attaching it to Kipling's poem and changing the very meaning of the word lest in the process. See, Kipling wrote the poem prior to the First World War. It was actually 1897, at the time of the Queen Victoria's Diamond Jubilee, when she'd been on the throne for 60 years, uh, the longest reigning queen at that stage. Our present queen has lasted longer. <laughs> but that was the great stage, and at that time, the British Empire was at its peak. It was the largest empire in human history. Its navy ruled the sea. About a quarter of the world's population and about a quarter of the land area of the world were part of the British Empire. You could walk from the north of Africa, up in the Mediterranean coast in Egypt, right down to the south of Africa to the very tip of the continent without ever leaving the British Empire. 
it was a massive empire. And this great queen had been sitting astride the empire for all these years. Well, they celebrated. They celebrated like you couldn't imagine, really. The Jubilee gave ample opportunity to celebrate not just her, but Britain's greatness, of which she, of course, was the, the model and exemplar of it all. There was a military parade that actually had 10 miles, 10 miles of, of stands set up for the military people to be seeing. And there was a naval parade like, like no other. It all marked the greatness of the British Empire. When, when the Brits put on a military parade, they've got such fantastic uniforms, haven't they, and horses, and it really looked like as it was. They ruled the world. But seeing all this, Kipling wrote a poem. And the poem actually was warning against the hubris, the pride, the arrogance of victorious imperialism. It's a warning not to forget how God had brought down other great empires before Britain. Not to forget the folly of godless boasting. Not to forget God. Not to forget the humble and contrite heart that trusts God. Not to put our trust in armaments but God, lest God destroy us as he has destroyed other empires. Well, let me read to you the poem, just to understand a few phrases. Reeking tube is referring to guns and the iron shard is to shrapnel. Tyre was the capital of the Phoenician Empire and uh, you get Nineveh, which is the capital of the Assyrian. But it's a short poem, so let me read it to you. God of our fathers, known of old, Lord of our far-flung battle line, beneath whose awful hand we hold dominion over palm and pine, Lord of hosts, be with us yet, lest we forget, lest we forget. The tumult and the shouting dies. The captains and the kings depart. Still stands thine ancient sacrifice and humble and a contrite heart. Lord God of hosts, be with us yet, lest we forget, lest we forget. Far called our navies melt away. On dune and headlands sinks the fire. Lo, all our pomp of yesterday is one with Nineveh and Tyre. Judge of the nations, spare us yet, lest we forget, lest we forget. If drunk with sight of power, we loose wild tongues that have not thee in awe. Such boasting as the Gentiles use of lesser breeds without the law, Lord God of hosts, be with us yet, lest we forget lest we forget. For heathen heart that puts her trust in reeking tube and iron shard, or valiant dust that builds on dust, and guarding calls not thee to guard, for frantic boast and foolish word, thy mercy on thy people, Lord.
The lest we forget of Kipling is perfectly plain. It's lest we forget God. In the victorious might of our military successes and power, we must not forget God. Like the other great and mighty empires who forgot God and have now been brought to nothing, if we rely on ourselves and forget God, we too will be brought to nothing. The, the Russian Alexander Solzhenitsyn, he was the victim of Stalin's Siberian labour camps. He wrote the book that blew the whistle on the evil of the empire. And in one of his oft-quote passages he wrote, Over a half a century ago, while I was still a child, I recall hearing a number of old people offer the following explanation for the great disasters that had befallen Russia. Men have forgotten God. That's why all this has happened. Since then, I've spent well nigh 50 years working on the history of our revolution. In the process, I've read hundreds of books, collected hundreds of personal testimonies, have already contributed eight volumes of my own towards the effort of clearing away the rubble left by that upheaval. But if I were asked today to formulate it as concisely as possible the main cause of the ruinous revolution that swallowed up some 60 million of our people, I could not put it more accurately than to repeat, men have forgotten God. That's why all this has happened. Whenever you come to a National Day of Remembrance, and honour the sacrifice of men and women who laid down their lives for our freedom. Let us remember not just them, though we should remember them, but let us remember lest we forget. Let us remember that it means lest we forget God. And even more importantly, as we come to remember our Lord's death and resurrection, which speaks of the coming day of salvation and of judgment, let us remember, lest we forget. As the Apostle Peter wrote to us, This is now the second letter that I'm writing to you, beloved. In both of them I'm stirring up your sincere way, mind by way of a reminder that we should remember the predictions of the Holy Prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Saviour through your apostles. For the gospel, the gospel statement, the gospel promises of salvation and of judgment are God's covenant, God's contract with us, his promises for our future. We must remember them, lest we forget to our own peril. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you that you give your promises and that you keep your promises. We thank you for the promise of salvation that we have in the death and resurrection of Jesus, that you will indeed keep your promise to bring him back to us in the great day of salvation and judgment. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.
for listening to this new podcast from Philip Jensen and Two Ways Ministries. Philip will be bringing to you new regular episodes on a variety of topics and current issues. Don't forget to subscribe to keep up with his latest. Thank you.